mics up there. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access PR and Entertainment, and your host for Media Maven's podcast. And we have such a special podcast today. I'm with both my Media Maven co-hosts, Michelle Koshman at AMB Publicity and Joe Pirates, who's a sportscaster and been doing 10, 15 years of public affairs. And guys, we got the Emmy Award-winning comedian actor Ron G with us right now. So Ron, thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. It's I so love much- the energy that happens right. right now. Right. It's the it's Maven energy. It's so funny. Joe's not our token male now, now that we got you on the, <laughs> the podcast. Right. Oh, oh. You're in safer, safer waters now. Okay, Joe's so- the office eye candy. Is that what it is? So we were riffing prior to the podcast, so I just thought it was a good time to get us on record. Ron G., like, you are amazing. You're not just an Emmy award-winning comedian. You've been on the college tours. You were our voice of God for MEAs. And um, we were so funny laughing about something Joe told us at one of the ceremonies we did for MEAs. And Michelle came on. Uh, dude, tell us what's going on with you. Tell us, how are you? I've been so busy. Uh, actually, just it's weird because outside is closed. Wait, you said you're at home. Do you live in a restaurant? No, this is a virtual background. I was trying to tell Joe to get one, but he wants to live under the, the tent he made in his bedroom, but it's all good. It would be <laughs> a great place here. to live, though, if he could. <laughs> yeah, but it's been really good, man. Uh, since quarantine, I actually celebrated my one-year uh, wedding anniversary. Uh, which oh, is congratulations. Awesome. Oh, Yay. With my quarantine yeah, with- queen. There you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just shot a pilot. Um, I sh- also shot a, a commercial uh, for the Census Bureau. I wrote it and shot it. Wait, um, did you did you cool. do your census? Absolutely, I did. Joe, Michi, yes. yeah, I did. did. Okay, just yeah. check in. Oh, I can't wait, wait to drop this thing off. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can see that. I can't wait. To I, drop that I dropped I dropped mine off this morning, but I had to go find an actual blue U.S. postal mailbox. Mm-hmm. Just so I didn't want to put it into a green tin that just said "Give us your vote." You never yeah. know. Be careful too. Can. <laughs> he said a coffee can. That's and here's a quarter for some coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it was a shoebox with like ballot goes here. Uh that's right. Next to the Ralph's near my house. So I just be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's been going good. Uh, like I said, shout out pilot. Uh been killing it on Instagram, posting content all the time. And um, yeah, me and my my lady actually do a uh a game show on Instagram every Thursday called Couples Couch. It's pretty cool. Oh, Joe, you and Reggie go on there. Oh, my God. I do a, a game show every Wednesday for my work. It's basically a trivia game show. Last week was uh, Scary Movies. Really? Yeah. Give me your top three right now. Your top three scary movies of all time. Oh, definitely. Alien, number one in my Really? Book. Yeah, I loved Alien, but that scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, man. That's so funny. And then also, I would go with The Exorcist because that was just a total mind movie. This is getting that, darker by the minutes. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, with a comedian, it's getting darker <laughs> by the minute. Great. Jeez, what else? Wait, what's the third one? Ha- Halloween, definitely. That's a classic to me. You like the just glory. the music by myself. Just the music will make you scared. Oh yeah, but you know what? I'll tell you something. And I have I've watched it about two weeks ago. Was Get Out, and I thought mm. that was really. I good like too. Get Out. It wasn't. But see, here's the thing. It wasn't. This will like, mess with you. But I don't like the Exorcist. The, Bloody, gory. Game of Thrones was my worst thing I've ever done. But I like it. Is it hard? Well, it, no, but it's, you know, bloody, gory. Okay, give me your top three rom-coms, Ron G. My top three? Oh, yeah, rom-coms. Oh, man. Oh, I love um, Hitch. It's one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. I love I Hitch. I see that. 
Um, Learn anything? Any tips? This Will Smith fan. Uh, what else? Um, you got to go ninety percent. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Th- I can't think right now. I'm still. I need some coffee. Okay, Netflix. I got two more though. Okay, okay, Netflix? Michelle. Like Netflix binge, because my Michelle knows my Netflix binge. We had the chief product officer at Warner's, and we got into all binge. Oh, fantastic. So, like you know, my whole thing. I mean, I love dark, uh, dark mirrors, black mirrors. Um, oh, black mirrors, dope. Yeah. yeah. Electric dreams. I was starting to watch. Um, Shit's Creek, but Lucifer was one of my favorite. And I binge watched. I just started that. Lucifer is good. Shit's Creek is funny as hell. Um, Lucifer is hilarious when you get into it. Have you seen Money Heist? Money Heist is my absolute favorite of all time. I binge watched all of them the second they came out. Yeah, don't even get Sarah started. Oh, don't get me started. That's all we're talking about the rest of this episode. Oh my god, Money Heist is amazing. Is it Bob Joe? What are you? What are you binge watching? Me? Yeah. I don't really binge watch, honestly. Really? What are you oh, doing to I, you know what? I'll tell you. The last thing I actually sat down and watched was Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Michelle, oh, that's the dungeon thing. Yeah, that, that uh, season three just came on last week. What channel? Uh, it's on uh, CBS All Access. Oh, okay, All Access. I got you. Okay, yeah. Picard Dark. is fantastic too. Oh, uh, which one, Michelle? Yeah, Picard's fantastic too. We're just if we're just going to Star Trek. But uh, I, I got really into all of the Man in the High Castle. I mean, I was late to that party, oh. but that was fantastic. What would happen if the Allied forces had not won World War II and the country was divided between Germany and Japan? Um, I'm from San Francisco, so having a Japanese San Francisco was just fantastic to me. <laughs> um, I, I mean, just, it was a really, really neat concept. But yeah, a lot of these projects, they are either taking us to the extreme in fear, the extreme in laughter, or in out of reality, which is everything what Game of Thrones, Man in the High Castle, all of Sound those like things politics. Exactly. It is appropriate. We're almost there in a few weeks. Okay, so telling. I, what I did watch, actually, actually, I'm not just saying this, I did actually I started watching Insecure Ron. If I got into that, that's how I knew because I saw you. I'm like, oh my God, that's my Ron G. And so I you were I phenomenal that in that. I with Issa Rae, I Love that. Now, are you coming back next season? Or, or uh, no, I'm not. Back? I wish I I feel like I should have been like in the following season, but we didn't work out. It's all good. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed being a part of that show, man. It was so much fun. So, okay, what are you working on these days? What's you, you're not no, you're obviously no everything's kind of shut down. Like I can't really yeah. audition. Like because it's, it's you're crazy not really, right you're not there's so apparently Joe said there's no comedy club in Arizona. In like, no, in Tucson. Yeah. Oh, Tucson. Are you sure? Yeah. They're not funny. No place in Tucson. There's a, there is no comedy club here. There's no funny people down there. Mm. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I that explains <laughs> so much. Okay. Hey Joe, you can have a comedy club under your fort, man. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the blanket fort comedy club. And now appearing Ron G. Hey, party people make some noise. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ron, what, what are you working on? Like, like, tell us, give us something good. I mean, I know you can't be auditioned. Well, you can virtually audition in the restaurant that you're living in right now. <laughs> but but talk to us about what you're working on. Where have you been? Um, so I, I said most of the stuff I have going on, but also every Sunday we do uh, virtual chocolate Sundays, which is 
uh, the longest running, most diverse comedy show in L.A. It used to be at the Laugh Factory, but because of COVID, we do it online. And we have like up to 200 people. We have an after party DJ. Like it's super, super awesome. Wait, we do that every people, single Sunday. What's the URL? How can people? Uh, just go to uh, chocolatesundays.com. Chocolatesundays.com. But I'll post it Sunday on my Instagram at Comedian R-O-N-G. Comedian Run G. Um, are there chocolate Sundays with the cream and cherries being served? All that. It's everybody. It's literally everybody from all over the world. Now, now, it's virtually it's great what is blockhead entertainment now is that something new that you've um you've created or no my mama used to call me that that was my nickname when i was a kid she's like get out here old blockhead boy and i was like you know what i'll name my company name so that's my escort name oh my god the escort name the evening name yep super awesome what you been up to I know you always have so much stuff going on. It's so funny. Like being in your office is the funniest thing ever because you'll be like, hey, Ron, what? give me a second. Hey, so hi, yeah, no, three o'clock. Okay, cool. Yeah, Ron, great to see you. know, one second. Hey, listen, can you go get me more coffee, please? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just always, always busy when you've been in the office. Well, you know, because we have the um, the MEAs is such a great thing. Um, it's so funny because my Mavis, like everybody on here has been working on awards. Michelle just, well, Michelle just left her podcast for a minute, but she's mm-hmm. working on Young Artist Awards. Um, they're queuing up for that for the big virtual thing. I, I um, And what's the date of it again? What's the date? I don't remember because we just lost her, but I think it was too funny for her. But she's working on the Young Artist Awards. I'll give you some information on that because okay. I uh, actually delivered an award, honored an award to one of the young artists last year. I was a presenter. And so they've got some good people coming in. But, you know. Wait, you presented an award? Yeah, I presented an award to what did that? What did that feel like being in front of the camera? It was weird because I'm normally the one running the largest oh, tech awards globally for tech. I'm asking. And now I had to present an award. And you know yeah. me. I hate the whole bullshit, bullshit, bullshit of giving the speech, welcome everybody, um, which is why I love that Joe is voice of God because he could carry the rest of the show for us. That I'm like, right. Breezy did you do it off the top or you had a teleprompter? What'd you do? No, I didn't. I, I didn't have it. I kind of, I didn't have a teleprompter. Oh, the teleprompter broke halfway <laughs> through the award show. We, there That's was always so, fun. There were so many hiccups. This is why I give you guys at MEAs actual written cards so or an iPad so you guys know exactly what you're saying and if you screw it up Jill fills in as voice of God and cracks the joke but um it was interesting being a presenter I mean I loved it I loved every minute and some of these young up-and-coming um stars are just phenomenal I'm excited to see where they end up so cool so what, what would you do different based on what you um learn from being a presenter like what would you do, do wow, different wait wait are you my are you the podcast host i feel like i've been interviewed yeah i just wanted um, to know it's just super cool <laughs> well, to see somebody the, out of the, the element fun, the funny is because literally not this past year the year before we did a huge huge thing at um where were we joe the theater on yes. Wilshire, remember and mm-hmm. i wanted you to be there ron but you were out shooting remember that there's mm-hmm. a one year in the past i think five you couldn't do it we did the whole theater marquee everything on wilshire um but then last year, this past year with COVID, you know, we just, it was just getting too risky. So we're trying to get a big thing back on the books again. And this one is going to be virtual? Well, you know what? We're in submissions right now. And I don't know if I want to do virtual. Actually, I got to have this conversation with, I think, Allison and Joe both um, on my board. I don't know if we want to do a virtual or if we just want to do something in person on the rooftop, go big, go home next March, April to honor yeah. 19 and 20, which means you have to be there because you're Ron G. Joe Let's has to be a voice of God. So we're trying to figure out, is it safe to come back or do you want to stick to the um, 
just all the winners together for virtual. And I got to figure this out. If everybody's doing nothing over December during the holidays, why not do a virtual with all the winners of talk? But it's just, it's not funny. You're funny. We're funny. Some virtual stuff we go on, they're not funny. I log yeah. off. I go walk out. I come back. It's like baseball. You're always on third base two innings later. You don't miss anything. There's a way to do it, though, if you if you do it right, because our, our show is pretty awesome, man. We have three comics and a DJ, and, you know, I had to learn how to adapt to performing in my living room. Um, but it took a minute, and now, like, we have so much fun doing the show, our virtual Chocolate Sunday show. So there's a way to do it, especially, um, like, if you have everybody has uniform backgrounds like this right here. Uh, everybody has a uniform back, background, and then, you know, have Joe hosted and introduce people. Like, I think it'll be really cool. I think you and Joe may need to co-host the virtual MEAs. That voice and we will not, is- and we I guarantee you, we will not upset Dennis Habert in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. <laughs> we'll so find funny. somebody else to upset. So, Ron G, what okay? So we haven't chatted with you. How are you doing through COVID? Are you like we always think that people are getting more creative and more strategic during COVID because they're coming out right about now? Like we have the podcast now, like you know, everybody's kind of starting to figure out what they need to do to survive and thrive and survive by lean on tech during this pandemic, which we, I don't even know if this is going to end soon or not. Um, I'm say I give it to next summer or next yeah. spring. <laughs> well, Joe burst my bubble. Oh no, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. So we're going to do virtual press conferences for some people, but I don't know where it's going, but like you people are back out there. They're, they're shooting again. Um, there's a lot of be a little bit, a little bit. But for me, I had to adapt because I realized this is the time for me to do everything I say I didn't have time for. Your bucket list. Yeah. So now I'm working on screenwriting. Uh, now I beefed up my social media. So I used to post like once a day. Now I'm posting three times a day. And it's funny because a lot of the last five gigs I've gotten, especially I've been doing a lot of corporate gigs too, uh, virtually, because I know people have employees who are stressed out and uh they have i've done a couple of conferences and stuff like that um i've gotten all my work because of my visibility on social media so that's my priority right now nice wow. posting trying, every single day i'm trying to find you on um i'm trying to find you on just comedian ronji comedian rng okay. but i think i'm following you comedian r-o-n-g it looks like comedian wrong <laughs> <laughs> Comedian wrong. <laughs> what's right and what's wrong about this? Uh, okay, I am now following Joe. Are you following him on Instagram? Yes, I did when we were talking earlier. Hi, appreciate you, Joe. No Yo, what is the weather like there, man? Is it super hot? Like Phoenix? it is. It is. Yeah. We're supposed to be getting a, a little bit of a cool down down into the 80s, but I mean, yesterday 80s is cool down. Yeah, we were oh, 104 man. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I don't mind it. It's not bad. But you know it's October, right? Yeah. How is that possible? Oh it's man, Arizona. That's what do you expect? Santa Claus got a thong on in the mall, <laughs> going around like Borat. <laughs> right. Hey, the country. Right. <laughs> oh, the thong ranger. I see you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so seriously, Ron, you, you've been married. Um, you, what are you writing? What do you What are you writing? Anything that's are no, you just uh, learning screenwriting because I know. Uh, funny and i know story but i don't know structure and like every sitcom has a certain structure to it that i have to learn and uh yeah just been watching tv watching my favorite sitcoms and like learning you know um and that's a part of the process and i actually got asked for the first time to direct a short film which i'm very excited about so um we're doing a a table read for it in a couple weeks nice what can you talk about that or uh no it's still brand new it's still fleshing out the script and then we're getting um we're casting for 
uh, the characters, but it's a, it's my it'll be my first director directorial debut, and I'm uh, super excited about it. Nice. Okay, so I know you're in a um, you when we first met, you were hitting the college the collegiate circuit. I don't think you were just starting ago. out. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're. I mean, obviously, nobody's doing that anymore these days. Um, I heard they're doing it virtually, but I kind of I won't say I graduated, but my material is very uh married and grown now, so I might not be able to connect with the somebody who just left their house for the yeah, first time. But you were like the number one comedian on the collegiate. Yeah, circuit. yeah, one college comic of the year. It was super fun. I had a great time. Yeah, and now, so so tell us about you're on an Emmy award winning comedian actor. What are your Emmys? Where are the gold statues? Uh, it was for a show I did on CNN called United Shades of America with Kamal Bell, W. Kamal Bell. Uh, super fun show. I was actually hosting a live music event. And then the next day, the showrunner was like, yo, man, we need a young voice to partner up with our host. Uh, you think you'll be available? Told me how much I was getting paid. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and uh, we went on tour. We was gone for like eight weeks and went all over the world, man. We uh, did some really great um, topics. And for me, it was like almost life changing because we were doing we were really tackling the issues that uh, plague our country from like Muslims in America, gangs in Chicago, immigration. Um, man, it was just like so much crazy stuff. Uh, the all right movement. To, I'm trying to get a selfie of you. Oh, it's okay. It's all good. Hey, it's smile. So Come you on, guys. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> you can screenshot it with you. I'm going to do a selfie for a comedian. So no. So, okay. You have so much talent behind you. It is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you are so busy and so resourceful. I feel like you know everybody in L.A. Everybody you need to know. I feel like you you know. I don't know. No, yeah, no you do. only the good people. Yeah, that's true. Some people. You do. It's so funny. I'm excited, though. to get. I'm, I'm just glad that we're getting back out there because I know we're allowed to be outside now and everything. Yeah. And so yeah. but I just I think it's I, I think it's calmer. I think being in COVID is forcing all of us to stop, kind of step back, breathe. And really reconnect with the right people where before we were so busy running and going in mass chaos, stuck in traffic, you know, people yeah. like getting coffee, just yelling at you. Oh, it's still traffic here, though. I don't know why or how, but it's still traffic in L.A. Always, like yeah, 24 but, hours a day. But, but do you think this quiet time has kind of helped spur your creative juices and given you more opportunities to get more creative and to really look at what else you're able to accomplish? Oh, I love it. Absolutely. I, I genuinely love the free time I have. And again, like for me, I, if I didn't have this much free time, I would not be able to do what I'm doing. And again, like I said, the last five gigs I've gotten because somebody saw me on uh, Instagram and I got a couple of uh, had a corporation hit me up about being doing some partnerships and people sending me free product and stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen my what's going on, which is my Instagram, I do a, a series called what's going on and I slide in. You gotta, it's, it, it's hard to explain, but you got to see it. But I had a company send me like a, it was like a black owned ro- a luxury robe line. And they sent me a robe. Um, this other company that does a, a black seed oil energy drink sent me some stuff. And like every day I get a package for something. So it's super cool. Nice. Okay, we're not going to be a product endorsement podcast. Oh, please. no, not without a check. But, but, uh, no, no. <laughs> not without a check. But, but unless they're paying you, we can't really talk about them, can we? Oh, no, absolutely. Or we can just send I the podcast and, and an invoice. Hey, Ranji brought you up on our podcast. So, you know. I need to check first for that, man. Joe, what about you, man? How, how's it been going in Arizona? Did y'all even close it all? I feel like yeah, Arizona is one of the places that don't shut down. <laughs> we, yes, we did actually did shut down for a while. Now people are getting back into the whole thing. Um, just got to say Trump was out here yesterday out at the airport. <laughs> I'm sure it was crowded. <laughs> I'm sure it was yeah. crowded. Not no mask in sight. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not a mask. I wasn't there. 
Don't 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 get me wrong there. But uh, I wasn't there. Saw the video <laughs> and going, oh, my God, these guys aren't wearing a mask. So I'm expecting about two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. Your numbers go from about a thousand a day to about two thousand a day. To be honest, it's scary, you. man. Because I'm like, even if you don't want to wear it because you feel like it's a personal liberty violated, like wear it for other people, man. I exactly. feel like, you know, there's older people around who can easily get sick, and especially if you're in, in their space. Like I, I wouldn't want to, you know, have somebody get sick. Even with my wife, man. Like I love comedy, and I've been doing a couple of outdoor shows. Like we had a um. I did a really dope comedy show at Airbnb last week and it was so much fun. It was like a pool side and people like around the pool and I was on the opposite side of the pool. And it was really cool, but I kept my mask on. I, you know, I don't want to bring that home to my wife. So, but it was a lot of fun just to get out the house and actually grab a microphone and perform again. Let me ask you with your, with your job. And it just seems like right now comics are really in need because we have to see the brighter side of life. And, and I've been following a couple comics on Instagram and also on mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it seems like right now you guys are really needed. Do you see that? Absolutely. We're essential workers, man. Like I just feel like the visibility I've gotten since COVID, like I know people are like battling depression, even myself, like I battle depression sometimes and not necessarily because of anything that happened. It's just like all the things that bring me joy. I can't do. Like, you know, just getting out of the house and working out and stuff like that. I can't do it. I can't even go to a gym. Like, it's crazy. So you have to find ways to keep your mind activated, keep your spirit activated. You know, and even, you know, you live in a time where you're not even getting hugs, man. Like, if you're not married or dating, like, you can't even get a hug. And yeah. that's a part of our, you know, touch is a part of our our livelihood just as a human being. So if you're not getting that, I can imagine what it's like just being single during this time. So uh, for me, I have to get out the house, stay creative, man, and just keep my mind going. And this one, I knew I hit rock bottom. I had brunch. <laughs> At Denny's in the parking lot. <gasps> no. I ate a whole grand slam in the parking lot. My thighs were sweating. I was like, you know what? This is no way to live. <sighs> this is no all- way to live. <laughs> no, my I deserve God, this- better. <laughs> you do. We all deserve better. I think the thing is, though, because we're all social creatures. So, and, and even for some of these people who are kind of introverts, who aren't socially outgoing and stuff, I feel for them because they're mm. normally not social outgoing, but now they're even more like, centralized and by themselves more than ever. And, you know, they said the mental issues and just the whole mental industry of being mentally depressed and stuff, it's just, it's gone up tremendously. I'm sure. And they say, you know, call and check in with people. You can't see them, but call, let them know you're there. But being, but like being social creatures like us, like I miss being, I mean, I do miss the gym. I I may turn my garage into a gym, but like, it's not about just working. But it's not the same though. It's It's not not the same, same, right? It's, it's It's about walking into, um, the gym, I'm at Equinox in your sky high runway shoes, click it on the marble, you know, walk in. I mean, it's just it's the people, the buzz, <laughs> energy. I haven't worn yeah. heels. There's been no chance to wear runway heels. But I, I was out at, at a dinner at a friend's house um, like last week. And I decided to come off the hills, Box Canyon. I decided to go through Sunset, Birchwood Canyon, Sunset down Hollywood. And I could have gone home probably 15 minutes quicker, but I haven't been up in that part of the area since COVID, mm-hmm. so we're all in our bubble. And I miss the bright lights. I miss all the places where we'd have parties at, Grammy parties, you know, movie industry events, all these events, all the social interaction, all the places we go to meet friends, like all the lights. I mean, there was no cars out, just a bunch of stoplights of what used to be civilization. But yeah. driving home, I realized how much I miss being out and being into seeing in that area just for the social aspects. And then it dawned on me, we're just, we're not living. We're just existing right now. 
We were not right. really living, but it made me realize how much I missed my life prior to this because yeah. I was driving down Sunset through North Hollywood, Hollywood and Highland. It's, it's usually chaotic, but at night with all the lights that are still going, like nothing's wrong, you realize we used to treble down Sunset in five inch heels after Grammy parties, like to the next one, like as much as it sucked walking eight miles and high heels at each Grammy party. Mm-hmm. It I miss that interaction that experience with my friends i miss being courtside at clippers games like it's just it does i think every single person no matter what they say they say they're fine they're happy they're lying everybody has this level of mental issues of depression of missing what life should be like absolutely doesn't doesn't mean take your damn mask off still wear your damn mask yeah i feel like we're all adjusting trying to figure out this new life uh joe for you man because you know you use your voice for a living how has that uh, adjusted? How has that affected your work? And also, like, the things that you usually do to, uh, you know, find joy in life. Like, what, what do you do to, to adapt to all that? You know what? I'll tell you something. I, I went over what I miss the most. And I'll tell you, being a voice person, it's it's easy now to find jobs because voice people. Voiceover? Are, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people want voiceover stuff. I mean, you can do anything from, you know, business uh, information st- seminar stuff. I mean, you could do anything. But. I'll tell you what I miss going to a baseball game, honestly, <laughs> just going to a baseball game and being around fans. I just, it's amazing. Yeah. I, what, what I miss and watching football now. And just, I, I really seem to have focused in on sports a lot more than what I thought I would. Cool. Is, 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 is a uh, Halloween canceled though? Cause I was wondering like, this oh, kids, is wait, Halloween canceled? Are we yes. doing virtual, virtual Halloween? Yeah. Like what are we doing? Um, it's so Beverly Hills, apparently LA mayor canceled us and they said, no, no, retract that. We just suggest, we suggest you don't go trick or treating or my favorite. We suggest you don't go trunk or treating. Who's going to go to the back of some stranger's trunk of a car to grab <laughs> candy. So I can't figure out who the hell is writing this stuff. No, trunk it's called or trunk treating. or treating. It's called no trick or treating. No trunk or treating. And I like, and there's no explanation. It's all over the news. I'm like, so we can't go into some stranger's trunk to get candy because I'm not sure what that means right now. But I've never heard of that before. Is that a thing? It, it's, it's on patch. It's all over the news. Um, so I don't know what's going on because it's my favorite holiday. But this is California. Joe, is there trick-or-treating in L.A. or did you cancel it? Or in did Arizona? You, uh, in Arizona? I have heard so many different things. Different neighborhoods are doing whatever they want. We don't live in an HOA, so I guess it's going to be open season in our area. That's like, that's like, it's like what we call it purge. Remember the movie, the horror film purge. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a live purge between elections. It's crazy. But I don't think Arizona, Ron and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you guys have the same. We have a lot of social and racial discord here in LA that it's getting a little bit dicey on the streets. You guys. Are- Arizona. they That's the home of, right? No, Arizona the doesn't, they don't really have South. Tucson yeah. is not bad, believe it or not. Tucson tends to be more. Uh, is it a college town? Like a college yes. town? Yes. Yeah. University okay. College towns, you yeah. get away with it. Or military towns, you kind of get away with it. Yes, military and university. Wait, but they're not. not south. Arizona's west. They're not. I keep thinking. I know, but I'm saying Arizona Arizona does have a lot of southern traits. Yes. You know, with. Yeah. With I never thought, Joe, that AZ was as bad as California when it came to. Like we had the riots, we had so much. Oh no, it's it's on. not. 
it's not that bad. No, don't get me wrong. It's not that bad. But at the same time, too. Oh, you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. There's an underlying tone there. And you just you just try to go out and do something that is against the crowd and you're going to get it. I can guarantee you that right now. You will get it. What's that city next to um, Phoenix? It's it's really it's like Tempe. That's the ACU Tempe. College. So Tempe. yeah, That's I went ASU. to the I went to the Tempe Improv and it felt very Trumpy. Wait, when yeah. were you there? <laughs> Trumpy? Uh, last year. Yeah. Wait, did I you say a, it felt Trumpy? It felt very Trumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm using that word. Yeah, I'll just okay. leave it at that. Yeah, it felt very Trumpy. I had a show in Phoenix and I just went over there because I wanted to perform and see what it felt like and I was like, okay, this is. Yeah, this is not necessarily my demographic, but I couldn't have a good time, you know? Yeah. But I, I got that little underlying feeling. Like, okay, all right. A lot of, I always look at the pickup truck, the Negro ratio. So I can tell <laughs> if I'm safe or not. Way more pickup trucks than black people. I'm like, they're going to head out. <laughs> did, you, did you have a good time? How was, did you have a good time there, though? Oh, was it, it was good. It was good. I actually found an Ethiopian restaurant. Um, Phoenix was awesome. Like, the energy was great. I performed at the Celebrity Center. You heard that, Joe? Yes. yes. Performed at the Celebrity Center with the big roundabout in the middle of the floor. It was mm-hmm. amazing. The energy was nice and the people were super nice. But yeah, when I went to Tempe, it felt very um, Trumpy. Uh, yeah, and, like and I felt that's like a university town, believe it or not. And that tends yeah. to be one of the most liberal places in all of Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, I felt it, though. But people were super nice. You know, it wasn't yeah. obvious. But sometimes I know being an entertainer, you kind of get a pass on things. Because I've been to, I, I used to start doing comedy in Atlanta and outside of Atlanta, it's very uh, Trumpy, and I've done shows, and people are like, "Yeah, I noticed you got a little pep in your step. You were you were different from the rest of the blacks." I'm like, "The blacks? What do you, what do you mean the blacks?" I'm okay, cool, all right. I'm gonna head out, sir. I'm getting <laughs> out of here. Well, well, you come from South Carolina, right? I mean, you went to the. But as a kid, I didn't know. Like as a kid, sometimes you don't know. It's almost like when you leave home, you don't realize what you dealt with until you go back, and you're like, "Oh, this is it." Because like. I drove by the Confederate flag literally my entire childhood and I never thought anything about it because I was raised in that environment, you know, but then when I left and came back, I'm like, that's not cool. Right. You know, but while you live there, you don't know because people just want to get to work and take care of their family. Like you don't, you know, it's not a pressing issue, but in LA we're very rights driven. So you're very mindful of rights and stuff like that. In the South you are too, but you kind of just, you don't want to get in no trouble because if you could, even if somebody's wrong and you're on the wrong side of town, it doesn't matter if you're right. If that makes sense. Right. No, I get it. as a person of color, you, anyway. do you change your do you change your act a bit when you go to different areas? I mean, is there something nope. that you do that? I mean, you're a clean comedian, which is what I I admire the most. Thank you. You're a clean comedian. I'm just wondering, <clears throat> you go to different parts of the country. I mean, do you end up changing any bit of your act? I don't. I don't because my job is to educate. Because even if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll bring you into my world and help you understand. So I realize I do very well around white people who have black friends. Okay, but if you don't have black friends, you might not get my comedy. And like the kids of the people who don't have black friends love me. But if you have at least one or two black friends, you'll get my comedy. But if you don't, you're not my crowd, and I'm okay with that. But I think it's also an education thing. I mean, I think if you're brought up like you said in some of these countries in the the Southern Belt, you you just are raised to think that you're better or different just because you're blonde, brunette, black, green, white, red, whatever. It's just whatever. willful ignorance, man. This world is but getting it start, darker. And it starts at home, though. I just feel like this world is just getting darker, man, and it's okay. Like, it's fine. I don't have a problem with that, you know, but that's just what the world is. And I feel like people's ability to not uh, adapt, they miss out on so much in life, like from the food, from athletics to, like, from TV and film. Like, there's so many great projects of people of color, and it's like, 
you really missing out on life, like just being stuck on thinking the way you think, you know, and the world is so much bigger than that. And it just keeps getting darker, you know, and yeah. I just I'm more about compassion, you know, all this political stuff. I'm more about compassion and people. I want people if I have to spend a little extra somebody so somebody's going to have a better life and not go bankrupt because they had uh, a medical issue. Like, I don't mind doing that. Like, I, It's just about compassion and just having a heart for people. But, you know, you can't expect a businessman to have compassion because they're about business. That's what it is. Well, I also think like it's become a darker place since this pandemic started. Politics, there's been so much. I mean, we're here in LA. We've seen so much of it. And I never thought, I never realized how bad it was until probably what was it May when all the riots hit? Like I never yeah, realized the George how- Floyd protest. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. That was I a didn't, beautiful thing. It was awesome. I had, there was police cars on fire upside down at the Grove. And I live near there. Some- asshole i was gonna say it's a podcast i don't care i'm not editing that joe by the way okay he's he stole sure. the lace he stole the license plate off my rover i have gone through six months of what? dmv hell yeah some assholes stole the, the tags yeah they're the plates not just the plate if you're gonna steal somebody's license plate i don't care if you're white black green or purple Put the screws and the frame back on. Be polite about it okay <laughs> or just leave them right there yeah they yeah, just yeah. took the whole thing off the car the whole mount off the back the whole unit and i'm sitting here thinking for the love of god at least leave the screws and put the frame back on it and so when i called the police it was during the riots they're like you know so i had the front plate on like you gotta take the front plate off i go at least take both plates have a set so the police were explaining to me they just there somebody stole a silver rover they're gonna find a similar car find the plates but if you, you can't take the front you can't have the front plate on because it makes it worse for you because the police sees you, pulls you over. They're not going to be nice to you and just say, oh, please show us you own the car. They're going to haul you out on the ground because they think you stole it. So I had to take the front plate off. DMV's jammed up for months on end. I literally just got my official plates three days ago again. And this, yeah. this has been since May. But yeah. It's a minor it's, inconvenience, but I'm glad you're healthy and you're safe. You know, that was just right? a, a trying time for the entire country. But I had to go to the DMV three times. It was such a mess. But the well, I'm point, sure, yeah. But the point being, and it wasn't that bad, is that they stole my license plates. But when you watch the news, and I don't know how much of the news, I mean, there's so much sensationalism and bullshit going on out there that I think people are losing sight of what's really important during the pandemic. Be good, be do good, be kind, help others. It doesn't matter who they are and what they are. Everybody needs some help right now. But I do think a lot of this, and I'm not a teacher, but um, my little sister is one, as Joe knows. I think the education isn't just the schools, but it starts at home with the parents. So right. if you grow up from ignorant, can I say white trash on yeah. the podcast? Go ahead. Then you you're going to... <laughs> then I think you're just going to grow up thinking and believing something that is not true and realistic. So I do think a lot of it starts at home. But I agree with Joe. I think comedy is so needed more than ever because we need it's so dark. We need something. We have to laugh and realize, hey, it's not that bad. We're going to get through it as a society, civilization. It's, there's funny things out there that brings us joy that are great to laugh at. It's healthy for you. And I think we need more of that right now, not less of that. Right. And I also feel like what, the thing I've learned uh, literally during quarantine about comedy is comedy is orange juice because we all need medicine. And, you know, David Chappelle is one of the best at making orange juice. If you taste this, you might not like the medicine, but the orange juice kills a little bit of the taste. And he kind of shows us, us ourselves every time he does a special. And I love it, man. So even for myself, man, just being able to 
have a voice online and figuring out how to say what I want to say without alienating too many people, but they still get the message. Like it's an art. I said, it's just adding orange juice as a parent and as a, you know, entertainers, so you, you too, Joe, like sometimes you have to speak on things that, especially if you're doing a voiceover and you're like calling the game or something, like you have to figure out how to say it without alienating anybody and still give them the information. So that's the art and the skill that, especially during this time, I feel like is very important. And for me, when the pro the George Floyd protests happened, it really warmed my heart because being a little black boy from the South and being an adult was my first time. Like I went, I went to me and my lady went to a couple of protests and watching all these different groups of people protest on the behalf of black people, like warm my heart. I started crying because I was like, in my entire life, I just felt so unseen my entire life until this moment. I'm like, I feel seen. Like having a, a white girl, you know, yell at the cops on my behalf, like for me, was like so heartwarming. I'm like, yo, like this world is changing. And I'm loving that the younger generation is getting it and willing to, you know, put their life and what they believe on, on the line. And I feel like with this election, it's an opportunity to, to create the, the world we want to live in. Let, let me ask you this, Ron. Uh, I think my my view on that Black Lives Matter is that it encompasses more than black lives. And I talk to people, my friends who are Hispanic, they can identify with it. I've <clears throat> talked to friends who are Asian and, and Pacific Islander. They identify with it because they take a look at it and they say, you know what? What they're going through is a minor subset of what we're going through. I mean, what I mean, what we've gone through and what they've gone through is virtually the same. Mm-hmm. And what we've gone through is, again, is the minor subset. Yeah, yeah. But, is it, but isn't it all life's matter? Nobody is better than anybody else. It's very I mean, touchy, Sarah. Very touchy. I know. Yeah. See, and, and you not, have again, you have the luxury of saying that. I'm going to let you finish, but I will, okay, I'll make my point. But, that. You have the luxury would, of saying that. but if I was with you, I would be that white girl yelling at somebody back the hell up. He's, you know, but the thing is, though, I I just feel like every language matters, too. So just yeah. I didn't want to want to say it, but I just feel like everybody has issues. Nobody's perfect. There are people this is going to get me in so much trouble that are very blessed. You know, they have money. They have good looks. They don't whatever. Like somebody has red curly hair. Somebody has bad skin. You know, it doesn't make you less important in a meeting or anywhere social. You know, it, it's beauty is skin deep. I people say that, but. I just feel like it, this is a, this is such a subset and it's not a perfect world. And I understand that. But I have so many friends that are of every color, nationality. Um, it, 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 they're all just people to me. It's like the whole issue of the me too, which I won't get into because I'm all about you as a person, not choosing that I did or didn't get, get a job because I'm a female or choosing this or that. I love the people in my world, white, black, Hispanic, Asian or not. And my world has all of these people in it. Yeah, so, and so I get, so I'm colorblind. Saying, so I guess I'm colorblind. But you can't be colorblind. You're not allowed to say that because yeah. you have the luxury of saying that. And I get that you also think that the world is fair. And as a little black boy in the South and you watching somebody do the exact same thing you do and you go to jail for it and they can do the exact same thing or you go to a party just hanging out as a kid and the police come and tear it up just because you're hanging outside. It's not the same experience. Yeah. We want to think that we're all started the same place, but we don't start at the same line. Like I literally had a gun pulled on me while shooting a TV show. Producers never came out and the cops never asked me um, what's going on before they pulled the gun out. Until you have that experience, you've never been pulled up just because you're white, like ever. So I get the 
we're all equal and I, the heart of it, because I know you don't have any malice behind what you're saying, completely understand. But we live in two different Americas and the you can't be insensitive. It's almost like as a man, uh, me and Joe have a certain privilege of being able to walk to our car and not have to think twice about somebody being in our car and protecting ourselves. As a woman, you go through a certain thing where you have to check your backseat. You need somebody to walk you to your car. And we have a privilege as a man to like walk to our car and not worry about that. So as a woman, I feel like men, we have to be sensitive. Like, yo, like I've seen women get cursed out because, you know, a guy tried to talk to them and a woman like, I'm not interested. And the guy go off on her. Like that's a, Oh, all the time. I had a gunman in front of my house. Let me, let, me finish, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. But what I'm saying is as a man, I have, like I mentioned earlier, I have compassion. Like women go through things that I don't understand. So as a black man and a person of color, just having compassion for people, even if you don't understand, it makes sense. That's why I was like, language matters. You can't say, I know everything is equal because the world is not fair. Especially when you're a person of color, you have no idea what it feels like to have the skin because there's a cost. Like having people call the cops on you because you're walking or, you know, you want Starbucks or you go into the movies and just you look suspicious because you have a hoodie on. Like all those things are something you never have to worry about. So I said language matters. And again, because I know you, I have I know that your heart is like, you know, you're not you mean well in your statement, but it's also important that we have compassion for other people, even yeah. if you don't understand their experience. No, and I do. I have tons of compassion. I hear what you're saying. And, and it's hard because I do have a lot of friends I hang out with that have been dealing with the Black Lives Matter and of color. And it, it's just it's just it's just it's like there's so much darkness in our world. There's not enough good in it. And this is what I think it can be a comedian. It's great that you, as Joe said, there's a need for lightness. I mean. I what was, do you feel like the solution is? What are you just curious? I don't know. Well, well, so, so, so as a female, and I'm not going to go down the road that you know, Joe. Yeah, your guys, you don't have to worry about, you know, bullshit stuff that women have to sometimes being alone in dark alleys or whatever. But I was pulled over back in February because my um, the suspension lift on my rover collapsed. And I was on the side of the road, middle of the day, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, like 1040 on La Brea before Moe mm-hmm. heading to my mechanic. And I had... I got pulled over by a cop. He didn't care when he walked up to my car, what if I was male, female, black, white, Asian. He was so abusive, such a piece of shit. And I couldn't play that, but I'm a white girl. Why would you do like that? He just was hateful on women. And like I wrote a five-page letter of how abusive and how inappropriate he was being a woman over by a cop on a side street. And I sent it to the judge. Judge ignored it. The fact that it was right before all of this stuff happened. So I have to go to court December 15th to fight a traffic, a traffic citation. So I was parked on the side of the road with no plates in my car. But I have never The same place that got stolen? (laughs) No, it's a different, but no, they were stolen. Yeah, but I've never been treated so abusively because of what I look like from somebody. I was, and I wrote a five page, we're in PR. I wrote a letter you wouldn't believe to the judge. I still have to go December 15th. So I'm not paying it. I'm not going to pay a fee because this guy was such a piece of shit. Hated me because I'm white and because I'm a female, whatever I was. And he had no compassion that my car was broken down. That it was obvious all the red lights on. The rover um, suspension collapsed. I needed help. He was such a piece of shit and an asshole. So I'm going to go fight it for equal rights just because I don't believe in that <laughs> or whatever I'm fighting it for. But it's just the principle. I agree with you. At the end of the day, we all and I thought with COVID, we'd all be more compassionate, empathetic, sympathetic, more unite because we're all in this together. So it's disheartening and heartbreaking to see so much more of this racial divide when we all need to be more supportive 
of each other and to get through this. So I do agree with you a thousand percent on this. It's just amazing to me because I've experienced what, you know, as a black person, what you guys were going through when this whole thing hit for the first time with the riots and being on Rodeo and seeing all this, I literally was sitting in the middle of it with my girlfriend on Rodeo at her store and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't believe how much hatred's out there. If you ever get a chance, you should sit down and talk to one of your black friends and just let them talk. Like ask them, how do they feel about Black Lives Matter? I've done it a few times. But like, tell them, tell me exactly how you feel. Like don't edit yourself and you should just sit back and listen. Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. you should just let them talk. But I think the one thing when you asked, you know, what would be the, uh, solution? Restaurant. That was a restaurant. One of the, I think a small subset. And I did this in my job that I have right now with the university is that we took a diversity class, a diversity education class. It was four weekdays of classes taught by Angela Allen, who is at the uh, Arizona State University. But I think we need our kids in school right now to go through that every freaking grade till they graduate. Honestly, there needs to be a class in that because they can't just be seen as you're special and it doesn't matter what this other person feels. You've, you've got to understand what they're going through. And I think teaching that will not be the solution, but I think it'll help. Ebb it'll a start. Yeah. Problems. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I, I, I know we have recently met, but I just want to thank you, man, for just having, I can tell you have a tender heart toward people, man. And that's, Thanks. that's rare to find in this business. And I really appreciate that. Cause I feel like sometimes nobody knows the weight of the skin that I wear. Like no, most like I'm a black man and it's already hard, but being a woman of color is just as hard. And you should, Sarah, you should definitely talk to your black female friends as well, because the things, the amount of compromise you have to do just to exist is a lot from turning my radio down when I'm going into a neighborhood. Or if I get on the elevator, I need to stand in the front because if I stand in the back, a white person might not want to get on with me or taking my hoodie off or walking into a store and and I see everybody gets greeted and I don't get greeted because I look like I don't have enough money. Or when I'm sitting in first class and somebody's looking at me like, are you a rapper? Like, that's the first question they ask me. And I'm like, no, I'm an entertainer. This is what I do. Like, like the weight of that is, is something you'll never understand, but just having a heart and compassion, I feel like it will take you along in your business and it'll help you with lawsuits. Yeah. With lawsuits. Is yes. this so funny? There's, there's a lot of companies out there that I've looked at that I thought, who should have like just a diversity programs. They don't, there was actually a particular NBA team that um, I know of. I know their CEO and he has taken such long measures to get his, the team, the staff, the diversity handled approach promotions. I mean, he's done such a tremendous job handling Mm -hmm. this whole diversity. And it's just, it's good to know. It doesn't matter if he's sports or not. I don't know if there's correlation there, but he's taken such a big role in that, which is so impressive to me. And I'm surprised, Joe, I'm not seeing more people. I mean, I don't know the university level, but Ron, who are not putting people through diversity programs and that education. I think we need to start with the police system first. Yes. Yes. Because I feel like there's a certain privilege that comes along with being a white person that you don't have to experience. Like for me, sometimes it's unfortunate as a person of color. I feel like every march or movement that's happened on this planet, especially in America, black people have been on the front lines because you know what it's like not to feel seen. So, you know, with the LGBT community, you know, in Me Too movement, like there's black people on the front lines because we know what it's like not to feel seen. And we're always on the front lines. But sometimes 
you know, when we're attacked and just saying Black Lives Matter and hearing somebody say, you know, all lives matter, it's very hurtful. It's like when you say you don't see color, like this world is built off color. Like I'm only African-American in this country. When I go somewhere else, I'm an American. And I don't realize that until I get here. Or the fact I have to qualify my blackness. I have to say I'm African-American. Like, you don't have to say I'm American white or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just say I'm an American. Like, I don't have to, I have to qualify my blackness as well. And it's, it's just a, a small thing, but it's also a big thing. So you have to see color. You can't say you don't see color because this whole world is built off that. No, you know? I think, you know, and I think I came out wrong. The cops I, say, what does he look like? Yeah. You'd be like, he's a, a warm hearted, taller gentleman with <laughs> kinky hair. Like, no, you're going to say it was a black guy. Yeah. No, and, and, and I didn't mean it that way because like, I just, I don't know if this sounds good, bad, but I, you know, I love and respect and adore you. And Absolutely. we, yeah, and we, and, 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 and it's not like, Hey, I've had employees that were black. Um, so my girlfriends are Michelle's, you know, racial. I mean, the, you know, the, I have friends from all walks of life and I know mm-hmm. there's a hardship to every walk of life based on what they look like, which I just, I, I don't know. all thing again. When a woman's yeah. telling me about what she goes through, yeah. I respect, I respect that you yeah. can generalize a woman's pain and be like, well, we all go through like, no, no, no I a have, woman's I, issue is her issue. I, and as I a man, have, I need to have I, compassion for that. I have like two, three friends that, I you mean, know, they're, they're African-American guys and I know they're having tough times. I have certain female friends that are um, part Asian or immigrant immigrants whatever and i know everybody struggles right now and here and it's interesting because you said when you leave the u.s you're known as an american but when right. you're in the u.s you I'm have to justify an african yeah I'm exactly is this and it's just, yeah and is this this is why I, I, joe and i and when we show we've made a discussion that we're not going to get heavy into politics but most it's of okay. our podcasts are starting to go in. i know okay. but they're but they're starting to move into racial divide and COVID and things that people just don't want to talk about, which is why we created the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joe's been on a few, Michelle's been on a few. Michelle, I had some very intense ones because we built this platform to give you a voice to tell your story. And that's Mm -hmm. what it's about. So when I say, Hey, can we say that we're not editing that? Because I don't believe unless something crashes, you knock a lamp over or something stupid. I don't feel we should be editing our podcast because it's also an education, whether it's good, better, and different. People need to hear the truth. This is so going to be the episode everybody want to hear. So we don't, we don't. They don't get a chance to have these conversations often. So to hear it from somebody else they respect and love, I feel like it's important. So again, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, you and Joe are open to even having these conversations. Again, I, I know yeah. y'all very well and y'all have good hearts and I'm just grateful to be able to have this dialogue. And but this is a conversation we, yeah. I want to have in life, but you don't always get the opportunity. That's why I'm grateful I can be a comedian and add a little orange juice to it. Yeah, it's, it's, so, so Joe made a comment. We were talking about this before you came on. What I absolutely love and respect about you, we had a comedian on once on the on stage of the MEAs and he was one of those comedians that was puts other people down to get funny. And at first we thought it was funny until one of our large sponsors and executive team walked out because it got to the point where it wasn't funny. It was becoming very borderline abusive and a little too like hurtful. And that's just wasn't, I was not laughing. I was mortified. Like that's not funny. And I always compare some of these guys back to you. I always do because you have such class and grace when you're being funny and educating, you don't feel like your style is not putting somebody down to make other people laugh. It's supporting others while you're being funny. Did you do your research though? Did you do your research? Yeah, on the I have not seen, I have not I, seen I heard you go somebody down the dark brought, side. Like, Eddie Griffin to the white house and Eddie Griffin did Eddie Griffin. They were like upset. And I'm like, 
do you know who Eddie Griffin is? Like, yo, that's what he does. Like, why are we surprised? You know, so as a comedian, you got to do your research because everybody yeah. gives well, we, a certain energy. We, we, we especially did. with corporate, corporate and comedy is a little, yeah. because mm-hmm. there's a certain level of lying that's necessary in order for the corporation to work. We did not do our due diligence that year. We trusted We trusted a very huge entertainment to who introduced us and they didn't want to listen to us. And we were, we just, we assumed I had another Ron G funny, elegant, you know, the whole thing. No, no, no. This whole thing went so dark so fast. So I was like, okay, Ron G's coming back. But like I said, in order for a corporation to work, there has to be some lying involved. They were worried about the money. So they're like, oh yeah, we got the great person. We got the perfect person. Let's get him. You got to lie in order for the corporation to work. Can't be honest and say what's in our food. You can't be honest and say what's in our toothpaste. (laughs) He he blamed the valet. We actually buy it. They blamed the valet for it. Yeah, you know it's not real beef when you go get these burgers. They're two dollars a piece. You know that. You can't tell the truth and then try to expect the corporation to run. Have you Have you tried um, the protein? uh, What What are they? they, um, Impossible. The Impossible Impossible. Burgers. Yes, I say non-protein. Yep, I've learned how to grill fairly well during this quarantine. That's what me and my ladies. uh, (laughs) One of my favorite things is uh, Impossible Burgers. I hit them on the grill. I don't know what they made from, but uh, tastes delicious. I'm sure I don't want to find out either. Yeah, if they probably be traded, I'm sure I don't want to find out. I had one at the counter. It was the best burger ever till I realized I was educated by Joe, somebody we both know. Ah, Ron G knows Carl. I was educated by my nephew who plays rugby that more crap goes into an impossible burger. It's actually laced healthy for you at the end of the day than eating a real burger. Mm -hmm. But that I I don't know if that was factual or just coming from you know our Z generation person, but I was told so much stuff goes into the impossible burger to make it sound and taste. If they're publicly traded, their only goal is to make bring home shareholder wealth. So even if they're vegan and they have and they're on the stock exchange, I'm pretty sure it's some unhealthy stuff which requires some lying in order for it to be sold. Yeah, but you you have mad barbecuing skills now, so there oh you yeah, go. I'm nice with the grill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey Joe, I... sidebar, uh, I'm lighting it up a little bit. What is uh, Arizona known for? Like, is there a certain food that Arizona's known for? Oh uh, yeah, tequila. Uh, what? Tequila? No, tequila? we're not known for. Well, no, we're not known for <laughs> tequila. No. Holy cow! <laughs> That's no. the kind of food we drinking right now. That's what we eating. <laughs> I, I eat tequila twice a week. <laughs> No, we got Mexican food, and it's Sonoran Mexican food, not Chihuahuan, but it's Sonoran, and that's what we're oh. known for. There's a big difference. A lot of people think you know Mexican food is Mexican food. No, Mexican food. You got Sonoran, you got Chihuahuan, you got uh, Baja California. Mm-hmm. You've got different tastes in each areas. Really? Me. Yeah. I think too, like San Diego has the best Mexican food ever. Like, man, it's so good. Versus LA, LA is a little. Eh. Not bad, but San Diego, because I guess because it's close to the border, is incredible. I had the best burrito I ever had in my entire life there. Yeah, and it comes down to I, I I'll be honest with you. You go to the dives, don't go to the name restaurants, go to the dives. Need some flies. Have- if there are flies outside, go pull up. Oh yeah. I mean, there are there, there are food <laughs> trucks. Delicious. Here. <laughs> the food trucks here are unbelievable, too, when it comes Wait, to that food. Do you guys have Taco Tuesdays? Oh yeah. Of course. Definitely. But the thing is, is, is different Mexican food is, I mean, you just can't sit there and put it into one, you know, one ethnic group. It's different states of, of Mexico and they have different ways of making the, uh, the food. 
And if you go to like El Paso, and I've had some awesome, awesome red chili in El Paso that will knock your socks off. But then I come mm-hmm. to Arizona and you got the green chili over here and that'll knock your socks off as well. But tequila awesome. goes with all of it. So technically I wasn't wrong, Ranji. <laughs> so funny. I've, had, I've had tequila that could power the space shuttle. Oh man. Some bad stuff. But, Man, but, I went to but, Puerto Rico and had moonshine for the first time. It was incredible. <laughs> but Joe, <laughs> it Joe, was incredible. Joe does craft beer now. Yeah, yeah. I I do my own brewing. So that's so cool at your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how that happen? Yeah, you just got to make sure everything's clean. That's I mean, you <laughs> sanitize everything. Yeah, but you can buy go out and buy the grains, and I mean, there's a lot of stores around Tucson now that have uh, brewing kits and they have the ingredients for it what i love what i love ron g is that media maven's podcast is so diverse right now of geographics i'm in la michelle is stuck down in san diego since covid because i come back to sf joe's in arizona you know we have no filter we have no filter on the podcast um Okay, Ranji, I absolutely love and adore you to the moon and back, as you know. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. No problem at all. But I honestly, I would like to have Ranji back on this and we talk a little bit more about race in America. Let's I'd like it, to man. do it post the elections. I'd like to really get a like a pulse on what's going on. So, Jaron, if you're up to it. Post-election. Let's do post-election. The summer, yeah. summer in December. Because I want to really look at here's the year behind. What's looking for the year ahead? Where really are? Where is the truth of you know, where will, we are? Will we have a vice president named Kabbalah? I mean, that's, you know, going to be a big thing. Man, after this, this world is going to look so different after this election. I don't know what to expect, but yeah, it's going to look completely different. Right. You'll you'll come back as a follow-up part two, Ranji part two. Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. That, I'd love Can't it. Can't wait. With some funny jokes. Yes. We'll mix a little humor in with it. I'll bring some orange juice. <laughs> Just Joe, don't bring the toothpaste. Joe will have Mexican food. Ah, so funny. Okay, Ron. I so for let's um just we've got to wrap up our podcast. I think it's our longest podcast yet. Um, unfiltered, unedited with Ron G on mm-hmm. Media Maven's podcast. How can people find you to follow your talk at Sundays? Your hopefully 2021 touring. Where I am find glad you, you asked. Uh, please follow me on everything comedian run G comedian R O N G, particularly on Instagram. I do a really dope series called what's going on on Instagram. Super fun, super hilarious. Also, you can follow me on YouTube. Uh, same thing, comedian run G, but all the links are in my Instagram on Thursdays. Me and my wife do a game show called couples couch, which is on my Instagram, uh, third Thursday at 7 PM. Also on Sunday, we do virtual chocolate Sundays, which I also put the link up on my Instagram as well. And I have a really cool podcast called the two piece podcast. The number two P I E C E podcast is a podcast I do on personal growth for men. And it's also the cheat sheet for man's heart ladies. So you might want to check that out. Don't block your blessing. And I love what I do. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Always a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for thinking about me. And uh, yeah, let's keep growing. We're going to, we're going to, Come back and see this. We're going to come back and have another podcast. With a part us. two with Ron G. So yes. this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axe Entertainment, Media Mavis Podcast. I want to thank my co-host, Joe Pirates. Thank you, Joe, for being on. And Ron G, thank you for another wonderful hour of insight and education on what's going on in your world. Thank All you right, we got to so get Joe a virtual guys. background, too. We got to upgrade you, man. <laughs> for the next one.
I'll See get everybody it. Everybody next Wednesday. Thank y'all so much. Right. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>